Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the Infinity War casting call has confirmed the presence of the Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel. Ghost Rider will return in the second half of season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, unfortunately, there will be no Kingpin in the Defenders. Oh no, that's a bummer. I miss it. That. Is. I miss that bald man. <laughs> uh, plus, we'll be discussing the... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. webisode miniseries, Slingshot. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, you should. It's online. It's pretty cool. Go do it right now. It only takes like half an hour. Yeah. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Welcome, Jeff Randall. How's it going? Uh, you know, sir, it's it's going pretty alright. It's going, going really alright. Um, I haven't told you or really anyone this, so this is fresh for you, and I'm going to see your reaction. Um, I'm buying a house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool, man. That's awesome. Looking to close in mid-February and move in early March. Oh, that's or awesome, finish man. moving in early March. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats. thank I you. Know, I know you uh, changed jobs, and that probably leads to better things and better <laughs> housing situations, yep. and that's all awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Woo. It's really, really stressful. <laughs> yeah, I know it is, man. Uh, I have never done it myself, um, but... I want to. <laughs> One it's really, day. it's really exciting. That's really, it's really. Rad, thank you, thank you. I I enjoy it. Anyway, we've got Marvel news to get yeah, to. Man. Not much. What we got? What we got, yo? Well, there's been a casting call put out for the Infinity War movie, and I mean that movie's not far away, right? They're they're starting filming very soon. Either. This month or next month, I can't remember exactly which it's supposed to be. There's been rumors that it's already started. Whatever. Anyway, the casting call reads, Starring in Avengers Infinity War is BAFTA Award nominee Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Academy Award nominee Josh Brolin as Thanos, Saturn Award winner Chris Pratt as Star-Lord slash Peter Quill, Teen Choice Awards nominee Sebastian Stan as Bucky, four-time Golden Globe Award nominee Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow, Academy Award nominee Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange. Academy Award winner Brie Larson as Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. Alma Award winner Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Empire Award winner Karen Gillan as Nebula. Two-time Academy Award nominee Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton slash Hawkeye. Two-time Saturn Award nominee Chris Evans as Stephen Rogers slash Captain America. BAFTA Awards nominee Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff slash Scarlet. They just left it at Scarlet. Weird. Two, uh, let's see, four-time Academy Award nominee Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. Screen Actors Guild Awards nominee Vin Diesel as Groot. Academy Award nominee Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Screen Actors Guild Awards nominee Paul Rudd as Scott Lang slash Ant-Man. British Independent Film Awards nominee Benedict Wong as Wong. Action on Film Award winner Dave Bautista as Drax. BAFTA Film Award nominee Paul Bettany as Vision. Santa Barbara International Film Festival Virtuoso Award winner Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa slash Black, Pan Black Panther. Take a breath. Three-time Academy Award nominee Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner slash The Hulk, and two-time Academy Award nominee Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. So, 
spoiler alert, they all survive things wow. before that. <laughs> uh, or, or they could be flashbacks or blah, blah, blahs or, you know, it's the, it's the, uh, it's, it's, it's geek media. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Could be flashbacks, could be robot versions, could be, uh, what if they're all LMDs? Yeah. I hear, I hear that's actually how infinity war ends. Just a big, uh, a big revelation that everyone you've been watching for the last, uh, like eight years is just all LMDs. <laughs> It'll be 10 years by that point. Yeah. 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 A decade of LMDs with no real <laughs> human stakes at all. Ada is the real hero here. <laughs> Ada has effectively been... replaced every Avenger, yeah. <laughs> She's just replaced everybody. It, yeah, I've heard that it just ends with uh, Thanos killing all of the LMDs, just destroying them all, and being like, ah, oh, well, okay. And then he just leaves. Yeah, really, Thanos just does the Earth a favor. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, Thanos shows up and just ruins this horrible LMD Ada plot. That's what's gonna. That's how it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it all goes down. I like it. <laughs> Resolution of a decade of films. That's, that would be the most unsatisfying. <laughs> no, oh, man. man. We've been asking for so long for, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be tied back into the movies and have importance. Yeah, what if then they do that? They just do it in the worst way possible. It's just the worst possible crossover. We beg for it. It's like a, it's like a weird, like, uh, one of those, like, uh, Twilight Zone episodes where you get what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't ask for it to be good. You just wanted it. <laughs> uh, so, so that, that, that list of people just sounds ridiculous. Especially they, they really, really, they really hammed it up by saying every award they've ever gotten. And I mean, uh, right. While all of those awards are anything I've won, uh, you can, de you can definitely tell that they just put an award on everyone, you know, like, yeah, all they're like, are, oh, by the way, all of these guys are, like, acclaimed actors. You yeah. didn't know that because you haven't been watching movies for the past ten years, but these guys are all really great. I think every award sounded really legit, except for Bucky's. I feel like, uh... <laughs> feel like, like the Teen uh, Choice Award? Teen Choice Award was, like, the, the worst of the awards name. No, 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 he's the Teen Choice Awards nominee. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even win it. That is worse. That is worse. Oh yeah, um, well, have you ever been a Teen Choice Award nominee? No, 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 and I can't say I'm pr I would be very proud to be a Teen Choice uh, Awards nominee, but uh but still when put in that I, list I'd be proud to be a Teen Choice Awards audience member. You know whoever was writing that article and had to be like or writing that press release and was just like Okay, all these people have won big awards, big award, big award, big award, big award, really impressive uh, artistic awards, and then it's like <sighs> Teen Choice nominee? That's the got? best we got? Best we got. <laughs> Give him something. Just to spruce it up. Yeah. That's, Sebastian, uh, come here. Take this. That, but this is this is not my Oscar. Just go with it. You want it. Just, you want it in a gamble. You want is, it like Han won the Millennium Falcon. He has been given an Academy Award uh, by... <laughs> He's been granted the ability to touch an Academy Award. <laughs> he attended the Academy Awards once. <laughs> Academy Award attendee. <laughs> That's just <sad. laughs> uh, I'm going to start introducing myself as uh, Academy Award viewer <laughs> Jeff Randall. Uh. Yeah, spruce like it up it. a little bit. I like it. I like it. 
<laughs> it's perfect. Now, it's um, it's interesting to note that uh, Carol Danvers was in there, but she has her own solo film the following year, like after Infinity War. So I guess we're getting her debut in this massive team-up movie, which is odd. Also, Tom Holland was not mentioned on that list. Yeah, I noticed that. And that is not great news because it is possible that they'll be like well he's still a street level blah 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 we're not gonna have him in this big thing uh we don't and give none of the netflix guys are showing up either yeah i mean they might show up and it just doesn't mention them but i mean you already got that many names on there yeah it's it's possible it's possible and i mean it's still really early in production so obviously all of this can change take it with a grain of salt but it's still like it's so close to starting filming that it's a pretty good chance that most of that's right. That most of those people are going to be in it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's sure that most of those people are going to be in it. I don't know if it, it definitely doesn't mean that other people won't be in it though. I guess right. like right. it's very possible to get a few Netflix people in there, but it's I think unlikely. I think pretty unlikely. I think it's pretty cool that Karen Gillan's going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. Nebula's back. Um, I feel like that might give us some. Uh, a view into what happens in Guardians 2. Uh, and we've seen her on the poster appearing to look like part of the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Yondu as well. Yeah. Hey, is he is he, he on wasn't the list? mentioned. He was not mentioned in the list. Okay. Well, that, that seems like almost she might leave the movie uh, still with the Guardians if she's going to end up on Earth with them or whatnot. Could be. Dark. Could be she's just chasing them. Or maybe she just shows up to defeat Thanos and take the gauntlet from him like she did in the comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, I guess it, anyway. I guess it actually makes a lot of sense. I, <laughs> I was thinking about her connection to the Guardians. I kind of forgot her connection to Thanos. If we're going to you know, have the Thanos big bad. <laughs> as the big bad, it makes sense that his daughter might just be around or show up or as an antagonist or to him or a, or like a helper to him, you know, <laughs> yeah, could be either like, one. It's very likely that she could just show up. Okay. Um, the next thing that we've got is that, um, the agents of shield mid season finale is not likely the end for ghost rider. He's going to show up again. Um, according to, uh, what was his name? Uh, Lorenzo James Henry, the guy who played Gabe, his wheelchair-bound brother, who has a whole lot of heart. Like, holy crap! In that, uh, we'll go into that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it. Really like that character. Anyway, he said, "Quote: I know some things. They're on a winter break right now, but all I know is I'm pretty sure it's not the end for Ghost Rider. I know they have some things up their sleeves. It's gonna be sick." End quote. Yeah, I assumed it wouldn't have been in in your in your rundown. You said you'd be back for season four. Uh, was that officially announced, or is he just coming this, back at some point? This is season four. Well, I know, but uh, I could see I could see him being gone for a year and coming back sometime next year. Well, the EP Jed Whedon actually said um, specifically he's trapped in another place, which usually means that he's not dead. <laughs> right. Like he said that whole phrase. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have I have no doubt that he's not dead i mean especially um uh, with the way colson what colson said about him we're kind of getting spoilery about agents of shield at this point um but uh i don't think i don't think ghost rider's gone uh or dead but i do i do uh, none of that confirms he's coming back for season four though 
Let's see. Let me because I, I read I read the opposite, which is what I, I, I they didn't actually say he wouldn't come back, but they said uh, that they got rid of Ghost Rider. Uh, or the, the Ghost Rider plotline had wrapped up for season four, and that the rest of the season was really going to focus on the L and D uh, storyline. Uh, so I just, it, it just, just I think he's coming back, but I don't know that it's going to be in season four. Is what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, and like reading the rest of it, it could be. I'll I'll continue the quote. Uh, he said that Ghost Rider's a lot for twenty two episodes, especially with everything else that we like and care about on the show. It would feel like one flavor over a long period of time, but we've certainly left it open. Uh, they added that financial considerations also impacted their decision to wrap his story by the fall finale. Yeah, just because um, his uh, the CGI it's is really so expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah, um, they did a good job with that. They 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 used it when they needed it, but they did a lot of things where like he did things off screen uh, yeah. <laughs> where you didn't have to see that transformation every time. But God, they made it look so cool. They really and then did. when he came back from the from the skull to regular face and it oh, was yeah. healing. It was awesome. Whew. Goodness gracious. Anyway, uh, he said, we do think you'll come into the next section of episodes and feel and immediately feel like, oh, this is a different kind of story. So we're excited about that. Um, in the same, the, in the same way that Radcliffe allowed Ada to read the book to get Colson, Fitz, and Robbie back by building those quantum sorts of things, it makes sense then that she can make other adjustments. It seems to us that that's part of the same story. We can go on a different journey, but we're still playing in the same world as Ghost Rider, and these things could link up later in some way, maybe in thrilling fashion. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible they'll bring him back for, like, the last few episodes as a way of wrapping up both storylines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could be awesome. Because it's just that he's trapped. He, he ain't dead. Yeah. He ain't going down like that. Yeah. I, I do, so, they do tend to tie the beginnings of seasons to the ends of seasons. Um, even when yeah. they drastically change, uh, they do tend to tie them all together. So, Yeah. We'll yeah. see. And um, let's see. The, let's see. The winter premiere synopsis kind of just drives home that it's it's straight on into L&D's we, like, pretty much immediately. Should we save that for uh, our spoiler section? Do we want to? We normally do our synopsis and watch trailers after we get through our... <sighs> okay. Get, get through our talking about the episode, which this fine week is our webisodes. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty. So let's, let's keep breaking on barreling forward into the news. Um, like I said in the rundown, there's no chance of Kingpin and the Defenders. Um, Vincent so D'Onofrio responded to a tweet from a fan who was asking, "Is there any chance that you're going to be in the Defenders?" And all he said was. No chance. Period. Wow, that's a that's a sort of a short way of saying that. I feel like is he annoyed with being uh, kingpin? I don't know. I, I do. They're, I they're gonna be dealing so. with different threats, though. You know, like yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> I just watched well, a video about Cabin in the Woods the other day. And I just re- <laughs> I remembered her her role in Cabin in the Woods, so good, just so good. Um, I, by the way, I've fallen in complete love with a with a web series this week. Uh, there's a oh, web really? series uh, by Chainsaw Suit called um, Movies with Mikey. I don't know what that is. Everybody just watch movies with Mikey. Uh, but you got to make sure to spell it M-I-K-E-Y, because if you spell it M-I-C-K-E-Y, you get all the Mickey Mouse <laughs> stuff. 
uh, and it'll autofill if you write movies with M I. It'll it'll autofill Mickey, and uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> it happened to me like three times where I was like, oh, there it is, <laughs> M- movies with Mikey. Click, nope, that's Disney. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, movies with Mikey. It's a it's a series. I I heard about it on another podcast this week. Uh, someone had it as their top one of their top things for 2016, um, and it's just a guy doing movie reviews. But he really tries to find the joy, and I guess like they're not they're, they're critical they're critical thinking reviews, but without being um, without being super over over critical of the movie. Uh, it, 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 he tries to find the joy in cinema is is kind of his shtick, and so he does movies he genuinely likes, and sometimes they're movies that you wouldn't think like they might have a. A lot of people don't like this for whatever reason, but he's like, but think about it this way. <laughs> like, what they did here. And, like, uh, the first one I watched Here's was... Here's what they did that was good. Yeah. Well, the first one I watched was for Serenity, which he just unapologetically loves, and uh, and I, as do I. And I cried. A movie review made me cry. <laughs> um, yeah. You're really emotional here lately. I'm I'm pretty emotional. I've been writing a lot of songs, uh, and so you know, trying to tap into things. So ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> that, that that might be part you're, of it. You're digging deep, trying to. <laughs> oh man! So uh, I did mention Sigourney Weaver. That's uh, that's another one of the uh, news articles that I've that I've dug up for this episode. Um, she kind of talked up her Defenders villain role, and. Um, she was asked if she would want to do uh, something in, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like the big Marvel stuff. And she's like, I'm doing The Defenders, which is a lot of fun. It has a wonderful cast, and we're doing it right here in New York, which means a lot to me. And then she said, basically, the four heroes come against come up against this really nice woman who I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> like, really nice woman, villain, I don't maybe yeah she said it's been a blast and i really love my character i love the shows too which i wasn't familiar with before doing this it's a real love letter to new york to me they're not superheroes they're people with a gift it's just a different scale and i'm really enjoying the scale of it the apocalyptic thing is a little harder for me to understand whatever you're in cabin in the woods and your role is very apocalyptic yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it sounds like she, uh, her calling her character a nice lady, uh, is funny because it just sounds like it's that classic. Well, you have to believe the character that you're playing is the good guy, right? Like right. you have to, you have to somewhat believe that they, they, they're, they're the hero of the story. <laughs> so that's super And fun. she is, she's clearly the hero in her mind. Apparently. I, I don't know who she's playing, but in her mind, apparently she's the hero. I don't either. It hasn't been revealed what uh, what character she's playing yet, but we'll see. We'll see. That's uh, God. That's next year, and it is not long before we get Iron Fist. Mm. Crazy. God, that's uh, exciting. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Muzzy uh, posted on our, our Facebook some news that Thor Ragnarok is is going to include Planet Hulk's. Sc- Sakar, uh, yeah, the, the planet. Uh, yeah, the it's planet. the planet that that Hulk was on when he was the gladiator. 
Yeah, so that's pretty big news. Uh, we we kind of knew we knew that at least they were pulling elements from that movie, but uh, and we've seen uh, concept art, I believe, of Hulk in the suit from Planet Hulk. So, uh, but it sounds like they're actually going to go there to the planet itself. So. Yeah, we reported a while back that um, when Thor, like it had been revealed that when Thor finds Hulk that he's on some planet as a gladiator. So it makes yeah. sense that that would be Sakaar. Yeah, it'd be weird of them to change that element. <laughs> right, right. Like, you why, never know. why that one thing? They might have needed to for whatever other plot element they were doing, but it's cool to know that it's going to be there. Yeah. They're keeping it yeah. the same. I like it. Thanks, Nathaniel, for that. Um, Sherman Smith had a, had a comment about some some uh, newsy type stuff. I guess this isn't really news. Um, he says, not MCU, but I just found out Mark Millar is the creative director at Fox for the Marvel movies. If this is recent development and his input is taken seriously, I anticipate fewer missteps in the Fox movies. They could start by having Millar write a Fantastic Four screenplay. Can't imagine him having <laughs> anything to do with the last disastrous ff movie and i think that ff stood for uh fantastic, fantastic four. four not uh, any expletives um <laughs> but um yeah so i i i agree mark millar obviously has written some of the most iconic comic books in the last few decades um, yeah so that is neat that he is now the creative director over there yeah i mean huh i i gotta when did he start working with them I don't know. I, I really don't know. Oh, uh, here we go. According to Wikipedia, in September 2012, Mark, uh, Mark Miller was brought on to oversee 20th Century Fox's cinematic universe as a creative consultant for the X-Men film franchise and Fantastic Four. Well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I, I appreciate Sherman Smith's... Uh, uh, you got a lot of enthusiasm, enthusiasm uh, for that, and and I, his hopefulness. Uh, I had hopefulness too, but yeah, if he came on in 2012, it, it was just dashed. Did not impact uh, Fantastic Four in the way we would have hoped. Maybe it Maybe. was already too far along at that point, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, because I mean, 2012, <sighs> Trank wasn't even on board at that point. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, that's seven, uh, five, four or five years ago at this point. It's four years ago. Yeah, oh, we're right at 2017. I just don't know what part. Uh, September. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it's barely, barely four, over four years ago. So yeah, not not great, Mark Millar. <laughs> he, he, you know, you never know. You never know what kind of creative. He's creative director overseeing those films. He may. You just don't know what kind of control these people have. Yeah, maybe um, he had about as much control as Jeff Johns had, or even Josh Trank had. It seems like. Oh yeah, fair. But like Jeff Johns over at DC, like he just got into a like a higher position, uh, like a couple of months ago. But he just got into a higher position in the DC film like, producer scale or whatever. And like I know the guys at DC on screen were really excited about that because you know yeah. he's a great comics writer. Yeah, and, and you want the people that are great at the comics to be the right people, but it is a different art form. And while True. they know these characters, and one of the biggest missteps that, up until now, one of the biggest missteps that f um, movie companies have made in the production of, of comic book content is to make them too far from the source material. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Uh, and so, so it seems like getting these comic guys on board, like in, in key roles, would be great because you can just the, maybe they'll do a more faithful adaptation. But it's such a weird line to walk because there are certain things that sometimes need to be changed because it is a different art form, um, and you just have to know how to walk that line. Um, and then there are some things that need to be updated for the. Uh the the new era that sure. we're in absolutely and you know the new content available and and what's going on in the world what resonates with people and it's just it's yeah. a, it's a tight wire uh, act to walk when you're adapting this content and what do you change what do you keep the same what still resonates what is out of date you know it's just it's just a it's not easy not easy at all so. Hmm. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get. I'm I'm just hopeful that uh, we get good, uh, good, a good Fantastic Four movie. And I'm honestly hopeful that the Spider-Man movie does so well. They just go ahead and bring Fantastic Four into the fold. And we're at a point of what seems like true reboot status with the X-Men movies. Yeah, there's talk of them rebooting it soon. Uh, well, I mean, they almost they did this sort of soft reboot a few years ago with First Class, and now a lot of those people's contracts are up, and it seems like a lot of them want to leave. I've heard, uh, and that's that's you know yeah. that's a Hollywood rumor, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, our our Wolverine is leaving, and he's the he's like the thing that has uh, been the overarching. Uh, touchstone for this entire 15 He's the years. linchpin of that universe. Yeah, he is. He really he's is. He's their Tony Stark. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's he's the... I mean, and he, it's so funny because people didn't think he'd be the great Wolverine and he's been... You know, you can't really think of anyone else now in that role, you know? It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to. Uh, and, and he's just been a great Wolverine. Uh, I don't think they've given him great movies i'm really hoping logan changes that i think logan looks amazing um but i could see logan being a great like epilogue for that universe and they're at such a great time to reboot uh but if they (laughs) uh, the only the only the only movie that they wouldn't want to reboot probably is deadpool um because that but as we've discussed in the past that could fit into any canon (laughs) <laughs> uh, it really, really could fit into any canon, especially since he like specifically said these timelines are so confusing. Yeah, uh, like he's just he's wherever he wants or wherever he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, now I did see uh, the first trailer for Legion. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, sort of. Um, I think I saw the Comic Con trailer for it, not the actual like. Um. A worldwide release of the trailer. I thought Legion's a really cool comic and character. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard that. I don't know anything about him to be honest. Uh, but the just based on the trailer, that could be uh, one of the better uh, comic book shows on television. It looked really good. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's it's a, a character that has a mental disorder. It's it's a dissociative pers- dissociative personality disorder, and each personality has its own mutant power. That's really cool. And it's yeah, it's so crazy. I'm I'm actually I'm really excited for that, especially since Marvel Television is working with Fox to make this. 
Yeah. Like, that's yeah. part of why it's going to be so good. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, honestly, just based on the based on the one trailer I've seen, and I haven't really paid any attention to the news about it or anything because it's not MCU, but um, based on the trailer I watched literally this afternoon, I was just like, man, that looks... It just it looks so stylish, and yeah. it, it looks better produced. It looked to me like something um, along the lines of a of, of like a good HBO or AMC series. Um, well, that's not me. FX. Okay, so they got a little bit more wiggle room. Right, right, right. Than like your standard TV. So sure, yeah. That's that one's that one's one to watch. Let's keep an eye on that one. FX, we can did probably FX do um, Mr. Robot. I'm not sure. I think that's right. Maybe completely off base. I think they did Mr. Robot. And that is one of the best series of 2016, for real. Uh, it was on USA. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. USA is doing some good stuff, too. These uh, these tele- um, cable networks are just, just kind of killing it. I mean, AMC, obviously Breaking Bad. Um, HBO's always been kind of killing it. Uh, USA has Mr. Robot, and I've been really enjoying a show called Colony on USA. I've thought was really good this first season. Um, just really, really great stuff. While everyone's fleeing television and going to internet, like television's getting so much better. Um, it's having to compete. That's well, what yeah, competition they have to. Does, they got to step their game up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got if you've got to compete with Netflix, Netflix and Amazon Prime, you got to step your game up, and they're doing it. Uh, to their credit, they're really doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been four years since the... No. It's been... When was the writer's strike? It's been a long time since the writer's strike. Long time ago. Long time ago. Because that's been been at least two reboots of Heroes ago. (laughs) It was season two of Heroes, so it's 2007. Yeah. 2007. I just gauge everything and how many reboots of Heroes ago they were. (laughs) I realize realize there's only one reboot of Heroes, but... the second uh, season was practically a reboot. Um, God, yeah, it kind of was. But um, the writer strike happened, you know, almost a decade ago at this point. So we're finally getting back into good television, like well-written television. Oh, I mean, I think I think it's been going for a while now. No, it's been all reality shows since nope, then. Definitely not. Definitely not. Entirely. I mean, there was that was a rough year for television. Uh, but Leave I, I out. Think, Leave out all of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. we've ever talked about. (laughs) It's been entirely reality shows. Honestly, this has been probably the best uh, years of television. Um, Yeah, here recently. Game of Thrones. I mean, that's in what, sixth season? Sixth season now? Going into its sixth season? Uh, Yeah, I'm about ready for it to end. Yeah, it's it's, it's two more half seasons till ending. Yeah. I mean, Boardwalk <sighs> Empire, The Wire, you know, the, 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 the usual suspects, Breaking Bad. Um, these are just the best, some of the best television shows ever, you know? Some people love Mad Men and Sopranos. Not my, not my cup of tea. Sopranos happened before the writer's strike, though. Uh, was it completed before the writer's strike? I thought it was a little more recent. That's a good question. I, I think, I think it, I think it, I think it weathered the writer's strike. I don't. Did it? I don't think the writer strike affected much, other than except for uh, final episode date was June tenth, two thousand seven. Okay, so maybe right before the, right, it, it it got in under the wire. 
I don't I don't think of the writer's strike as some big event except that it really affected that season of television. Uh, there were multiple <laughs> it shows. It broke where heroes and then shut down everything after that. Broke heroes forever. So hard. Heroes. Yeah, was, it really did. Heroes was such a fun and exciting show, and then uh, it just like was completely destroyed by the writer's strike. Um, and there's a lot of other shows like that that just like got truncated. Their seasons got turned from um, you know 20 episodes to 12, stuff like that. Uh, but past that, I don't think we can really blame the quality of television on the writer's strike. <laughs> no, I'm going to. I'm going to find the worst scapegoat I can and just point at him. Oh, another great show this year, Preacher. Just to throw out another i haven't started watching preacher oh yet. my gosh it's so good uh it's probably one of the best things of 2016 as well um mr robot preacher um westworld westworld for sure just some really killer television just high 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 <laughs> high quality fucking anthony hopkins man god he's just so right. good Let's let's move on to uh, more conversation. Conversation started by Yoda Hugh. How about this one? At MCU Cast, waiting for the next up so I can listen to on my new hashtag Skullcandy wireless headphones. Hope you guys had a good Xmas. Very nice. I was I just told him on Twitter. I I got Skullcandy headphones, wireless headphones for my niece for Christmas, and she loves them. Well, wait no more. Here is that episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We hope you're enjoying your first listen on the Skull Candy. <laughs> I'm glad that you're wanting to hear us through them. It really touches my heart. Oh, that was just your Bluetooth cutting out, um, Yoda. You. <laughs> Uh, Levi said to us on Twitter at MCU cast thoughts on the end of Civil War two comic. Do they want to show a deeper version of Captain Marvel or N Tony? Question mark. I haven't seen this yet. I don't know anything about the ending of of Civil War two. Are you are you are you caught up? It's bullshit, is what it is. I haven't read it, but I read about it. Um, <laughs> I figured you had. I figured you're like, I don't have time to read comic books, but I'll, I'll I'd always know what's going on, kinda. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's it's more like I read all of the news and that's one of the big things for the past like 6 months has been Civil War 2. Um well, is it are you up on it enough to tell us what's going on if if people want to know? And in human saw a possible Spoiler future alert. and Go ahead. and caused <laughs> Captain Marvel and Tony Stark to have a tiff in which it looked like Captain Marvel killed Tony, but didn't actually kill Tony. He's been experimenting on himself. His body is being kept in stasis by Beast and S.H.I.E.L.D. and... I'm sorry, Hank McCoy and S.H.I.E.L.D. And his mind is an AI in the possession of Riri Williams, who is now the Invincible Iron Man. So pretty much at any point, Tony's not dead. They can... Break glass to revive Tony and save everybody. Put him back in his body. Whatever. It's just, it's, it's bad. It's like a death. It's bad with storytelling. Easily viewable right, way right. out. Okay. It's it's a death that's not a death. Again, again, again. And it happened at the end of another civil war. Yeah. Like at the end of the first civil war, Cap dies, but then ho ho, he doesn't die. Yeah. I mean, the thing about a a good death. We know these characters can come back at any time, right? Yeah. But the the beauty of a well-told story is to convince us that they can't. 
Um, I just I just got done watching um, a lot of Doctor Who this week. <laughs> I, I caught up on two seasons of Doctor Who this week because Christmas and lots of time with no things to watch. So I caught up on two seasons of Doctor Who. And there's certain episodes where I just watch it and I'm like, yeah, they're going to get out of this. It's fine. Uh, and there's certain episodes, <laughs> because the nature of Doctor Who is so interesting because s- companions die on Doctor Who. Some of them get left behind, some of them die, some of them have to have to leave him for whatever reason, and it's always heartbreaking. Like they have actual stakes on the show and they do allow actual, you know, things to happen to characters. Uh, and even yeah. the doctor himself dies and regenerates, and even though uh it, it, you know, his character continues, you still lose the actor, you lose you almost lose the character because the character changes as the doctor changes and uh, I just found myself watching episodes, and some of them I was just like, yeah, this is an average episode, they're getting out of this. But some of them were so well told that I was like, oh, that person's going to die. Like, they're going <laughs> to die. I, I don't see a way out of this. And I, when you when you kill someone but leave an obvious way of reconstructing them, that that is kind of lame. Yeah. It just it makes it bland and, and tasteless. <sighs> yeah, no That's, stakes. It's okay though. It's okay. No stakes. It's one of the major problems with uh, with uh, this kind of content. You know, comic book based content is uh, there when you when you allow the fantastical to exist. It's hard to ground it. It's hard to give their actual stakes because at any point you could bring anyone back. And I mean, you know, it's the whole death of yeah. Superman problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay though. Um, Jane Foster Thor is still really good, so we'll just hold out hope that great comics can happen again. <laughs> great crossovers oh, can happen. The thing is, great comics, like, I feel like a lot more comics these days are one-shots or side stories. I don't I don't know the last time I've heard of a... I mean, Civil War was, was a pretty uh, well-known and well-liked overarching story. Uh, uh, that we went through a lot of comics, but other than that, I can't really think of a a uh, I can't really think of an overarching story that really is w- super well received. You know what I mean? Like, I, it seems like most of the ones people like are like, "Hey, this is a what if story about old man Logan," um, <laughs> or this is a <laughs> yeah. you know, this is an independent comic, uh, you know, like whatever. Yeah, the big the big two like, tell these big overarching stories, and most of the time they don't they're not that well received. But you know, every once in a while, it, and you can, it's hard so hard to tell because people read them at such different paces that like a lot of times it's five years later before you look back and go, oh, these are the best, these are the best arcs from five years ago. <laughs> like we now see these are the ones that are well respected. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I personally have some favorites. You know, Siege was awesome. Um, Secret Invasion was really cool. Cool. Um, Dark Rain was really uh, it was a it was a, an interesting turn because you had bad guy in power and that was affecting all comics. So like that does sound really d- neat. I'd I'd like to read some of Dark Rain. That sounds cool. Yeah, with Norman Osborn in power, like what 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 could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is everything. Anyway. <clears throat> Marco Margo said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, wondering if the Zamunda and Wakanda are neighboring kingdoms in the MCU. <laughs> hashtag coming to America. Hashtag Black Panther. Funny. You know, I had no I'm going to go ahead and assume that they are. Sure. Yeah. 
I I had to have that one explained to me that joke because I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen Coming to America. Oh my god, it's one of the best movies ever. Yeah, I've heard that actually. I should oh, really check it's it out. So good, you should really check it out. <laughs> Matt, go watch that movie right now. I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. That was really good. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was. I told you. Really good. Glad you waited. Hey, if you could just edit out the uh, the two hours that we were waiting for you to watch that. Uh, I guess I can do that. Okay, it's just for the fans. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it'll take me a few clicks, and I'll save them two hours of their life. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Madi Khan said to us, uh, Netflix's Iron Fist will eventually wear a version of his costume. The classic costume with the open chest may be too campy for the grounded nature of the Netflix series. So my question to you guys is what version of the costume would you want him to wear? I would suggest that he wear the Orson Randall version of the costume. The Orson Randall version is real gritty. It reminds me of the MCU's version of um, the Captain America costume, though. Yeah, you know, like Captain like, America from the World War II era. Which is about when Orson Randall was around, right? Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense, of course. Um, but it just kind of seems like... Uh, so definitely I can see it being very MCU-ish to use that costume. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I want him to just go all in. I want him to just go for it. I want him to go for like full open chest... Uh, big flared collar big flared on collar, it. collar, like just go all in. <laughs> Don't don't go halfway with me. Like I feel like they did that with season one of Daredevil. They kind of went halfway with his costume. They're like, well, we want it to be Daredevilish, but let's make it mostly black. And I'm like, no, just make him Daredevil. <laughs> Have we learned just nothing? Keep it. Me? Just keep it. Uh, you remember the um, the uh, Iron Fist comic that we read where the tournament was going on? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that one? That was the Immortal Weapons. Um, I like when, like, toward the end of that, when they were all um, standing there to defend Kunlun, I like the costume that he had there where he was shirtless with bandage-wrapped arms and just, like, baggy pants and his yellow belt and his mask on. Like, that, that is probably our best bet at having um, a comic book version of the... Um, of the costume show up on Netflix. Cause it's, and it's not crazy. It's still kind of almost kind of, you know, mostly grounded. Yeah. And it's a little, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It's a little out there, but it's not that crazy. No, I, I absolutely think that the thing you described could absolutely work. Um, and I doubt they'll go full in. Like I was joking. Um, because, <laughs> because we know they didn't with, uh, Luke Cage and they kind of did. They showed it to us for a second. Um, they showed it just for a second. He said, you look like a damn fool. Yeah. So n- knowing that they feel that way about their costumes, like, you know, those very seventies costumes, uh, I, f- I have a feeling they're going to go with a toned down thing like yeah. they've done with all the heroes thus far. But they, I, you know, I'd be happy with the way they treated it and all the others. Give us a nod. Like, let us know that you know. <laughs> Show us. Have have his best friend hold up the suit and go, what do you think of this? Um, his friend that talks on a radio talk show, you know. Um, yeah, totally. He has one of those. Probably. They all have one of those. Either that or um, Colleen Wing is just like, this is the uniform of my dojo. And he's just like, nah. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm excited about that show. That's going to be exciting. Is it March, right? Yeah, March 17th. Woo! It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, there was a, like a redesign. I don't know if it's actually in comics. It looks like it might have been a fan redesign, but, um, it's Iron Fist in a hoodie. And I kind of really like it, to be honest. Oh, yeah? Let me, uh, let me get you a link here so you can see it. Yeah, send it my way. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I like that. It's kind of like a, he would, <laughs> sort of just like a, like a Harlemy street tough sort of, like he's like I whatever. found this jacket in my in my closet yeah and I wrap my hands in bandages because that's how I roll and I use that same bandage on my face yeah I dig it looks cool yeah it's really uh it's really cute <laughs> I wonder if no no they wouldn't do that what Tiger's daughter um one of the living weapons the one that had like just all of the belts on her. Like, I don't think they'll go that crazy. Like if they showed her in the series, if she showed up in the series, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't go for that. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how crazy they're going to get with this. They got pretty wild with, uh, Dr. Strange. So we're getting this (laughs) mystical stuff. We'll see what they do. Yeah, that's fair. I like the cloak. I like the cloak in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Break standout character. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Next up, let's see. Quote-unquote guilty said to us, didn't feel right watching it on my phone for the first time at MCU cast. (laughs) And accompanying that is a picture of Spider-Man spreading his web wings in the the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. And that looks to be on a projector. Yeah, it looks like a. Uh, that's got to be an eighty-inch, ninety-inch projector screen. <laughs> Get it? We're coming to your house. Yeah, we're coming over. <laughs> we gotta watch everything like that. Uh, let's see. Kenny Carlson said to us, "Let me present to you Thor, my tiny, almighty, my premature-born baby, who had a rush to our realm. You will be his ears' first podcast." Cheers for a great podcast all the way from Sweden. That's awesome. Yes! Beautiful baby. Beautiful little baby, Kenny. Baby Thor. Baby Thor! Baby Thor! I love the name. Do do you think, is he actually naming it Thor? Please let us know if you're actually naming your baby Thor. He has to be. I I didn't know if that was just, you know, maybe it's a nickname. Maybe he's actually naming it Thor. It's a a thing they do in Sweden. (laughs) You know, everything is named Thor. Right. Totally. Everyone is named Thor. Kenny is just his nickname so that they can differentiate him. Yeah, totally. Everyone's Middle name is Thor. Kenny Thor Carlson. <laughs> Some people are half Thor because they're short. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> half Thor is the uh, the name of the mountains, or well, the, the actor who plays the mountain in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, okay. And that dude is... Not half of a Thor. He might be like Thor and a half. Yeah. Anyway. Dude's big. He's a big dude. Uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, got a hitman romantic comedy for you if you haven't seen it yet. Pritzy's Honor, starring Jack Nicholson and Kathleen Turner. 
I watched this uh, this trailer for Pritzi's Honor. I am definitely watching this movie. I'm going to watch it this week. I, 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 for those of you who didn't stick around till the final seconds of the podcast, like Sherman did, uh, for like whatever the two hours in we were, uh, I was talking about my favorite genre of movie being hitman romantic comedies. Uh, so if anybody knows any other hitman romantic comedies, it's not like a it's not like a thing you can look up on Netflix. Um, so I'm still, yeah, it's I'm not still a, like looking around. It's not a widely it. known uh, genre of movie. Yeah, but they're great. I just had that, and uh, watching that one, uh, I was like, this does have the same sort of flavor. It's a weird, uh, you know. It's just the it's just the cool hitman, you know, a cool hitman. <laughs> it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch a cool hitman do his thing. Uh, it's and funny. Fall in love. It's like the vulnerability of love next to the like uh in, in you know in impenetrable hitman persona it's just fun just good good stuff that veneer yeah all right so uh let's see jeffrey james said to us on facebook finally got around to watching agent carter and listening to your podcasts at one point you complained about the problems of incorporate oh god incorporeality <laughs> as a general plot point in genre fiction specifically how could something incorporeal speak while intangible Curiously, the first person to make this point was Leonardo da Vinci, who comments in one of his private notebooks that demons conjured via incantation, it was a thing much discussed back then, was absurd because demons, being incorporeal, did not have vocal cords and could therefore not vibrate the air in order to make an audible sound. While he recorded this observation, he didn't brood it about because... The same logic would apply to angelic beings as well. Apparently, were Da Vinci alive today, he'd be of the, quote, magic that works as just a form of yet another undiscovered science, end quote, camp of headcanon Marvelites. Hard to see him as a DC guy somehow. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's it's always hard to see anyone as a DC guy, but I still meet DC guys. Um, Uh, I mean, everybody reads dumb comics sometimes. Oh, get it? Because DC dumb comics. Anyway, that's uh, oh, I got you. It's a Marvel kid joke, right? Uh, no, it's that's, an old that's, Marvel that's, kid that's, joke. That's super funny. You know, I always knew me and Da Vinci had a lot in common. Um, <laughs> and so, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey. Thanks for letting me know how much like Da Vinci we are. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. I was complaining. Uh, the, the big thing about incorporeality, it, it, it is just nuts. Like uh, incorporeality, like. How do you not always fall through the floor? Why are you responding to gravity but not floating? Like, it just, but not going through floor or ceilings. Like, it's yeah. just a weird, it's a weird thing. And then, like, so many shows like to do it, though. We had one in, uh, what, two episodes ago in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they were passing through people but not anything else. So, yeah, like, that's right. Because the people were out of phase with them or whatever. Yeah, like, they could see them, but they were out of phase with their dimension. But, like, does that mean that the floor and the walls around you are in that dimension? Like, are they... Do they exist across all dimensions? Like, what? I really don't know. There's no rules there. So, (laughs) it's frustrating. You break a lot of this... um when it comes to dimensional and time travel, we just know how know so little about how it would actually work that so much of it's just guessing. And so, 
you, you you get down to the the nitty gritty, and it's hard to really write fiction about it without just making a call about how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's like we kind of just said that this is the way that it's going to be in our world. Yeah, which is which I'm okay with as long as you're internally consistent. That's cool. But uh, what I what I want to know is, Da Vinci said he wasn't worried about demons because they couldn't make sounds. Like it's not really the sounds I'm worried about. <laughs> they can't vibrate to make sound, but they, my soul is also incorporeal. What if they want to get at my soul? You know, <laughs> you can't rip my soul out. Solely, you can't demons, grab man. it. You uh, can't we, grab it. We, we got a little bit of Luke Cage feedback. Uh, I say we just go for it. <laughs> um, it's been long enough. It's been long enough. Uh, this the, we're going to talk about Luke Cage for the next like two minutes. So if you haven't seen Luke Cage and want to skip ahead, there is a sport. We are going to talk spoilers on Luke Cage for two to five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Anakin J.K. Gatsby said to us on Facebook, "I truly believe Cottonmouth." had the potential to be to Luke Cage what Kingpin was to Daredevil and what Kilgrave was to Jessica Jones. Like, maybe go Lex Luthor and give him a battle suit. I didn't like uh, when he was taken out so soon, given the fact that he was well on his way to being one homegrown villain. I did like Diamondback, but I feel his arc could have been saved for another season. I completely agree with Anakin. And it's hard to say that. It's hard to say that anybody agrees with Anakin. But, um, <laughs> this! No! <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for making such a dumb joke. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. And, and it's, that is a good thing to, to point out, though. I, I felt that Cottonmouth dying so soon was kind of a shock. Like, wait, you're just... Yeah, it really You gave was. me, like, six episodes of this awesome character being built up, and then now you're just, like taking him away at his prime the primary problem for me was just losing that actor that's fair he was Mahershala Ali is fantastic I think he was uh, probably the best actor on the show honestly I, I really really enjoyed what he was doing uh, and yeah. I, not that's, that's not to take away from any of the other characters kind of the four principal actors including the, th- the three other villains that we have um, but but uh, Shades Diamondback and Miranda uh but there isn't that Miranda. Is that right? Am I Dillard, Ms. Dillard? Mariah. Mariah, not Miranda. I knew I was wrong. Um, yeah, uh, they're, they're all great. They're all really great. But I, he just had a subtlety that I think uh, really, really carried his character into like a believable uh, place. And and he had a certain honor about him. Like I just really am sad he's that he's gone. Yeah. Poor little it's unfortunate. Out. Poor little out for Cottonmouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What's next? I think it's time to get into some shield spoilers. We actually have a lot of uh, feedback from the previous week's episode because we uh, a lot of people wrote in after we recorded last, um, and so a lot of a lot of talk uh, things to talk about about the finale, and we have a little bit of feedback, and just we're going to talk about the slingshot. 
episode. But before we do all that, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. Uh, you can find all of our uh, details at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com if you want to email us, or you can call us and leave a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, if you want a similar podcast in the same vein, but for DC television, check out the DC On Screen podcast. Those guys work real hard and put out a lot of a lot of good podcasts for you guys. So, uh, if you're looking for some DC content, those are your they're your one stop shop for everything DC that's on a television or computer or phone or my VR headset. Um, <laughs> I, let Dave play my VR headset last night. I tried to get him to play Batman, but we uh, we ended up running out of time. He didn't get to play Batman, which is sad because he could have talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I should call in and talk about. Uh, I'll I'll send in an MP3 of my review of uh, Arkham VR. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, hmm. let's talk about some Shield. Okay, how about it? Okay. All right, so let's see. Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 8. Spoilers? Hmm. Not sure whether the mid-season finale worked all that well. It seemed rushed and not very well thought out. The chain at Coulson's feet in the nuclear standoff kept disappearing, unless I was missing something. And why didn't Mason or Mac help Coulson yank the chain? I think he means Mace. Uh, Daisy's reintegration into S.H.I.E.L.D. seemed ridiculously easy. Oh, she was working undercover! After they'd established that her presence was completely toxic to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s public relations. I mean, wouldn't us un-inhumans be just a little suspicious? Why does Mace have such credibility that he can announce that he's an inhuman and nobody seems to care? His quote-unquote reveal to the public seemed to consist of him wearing a goofy suit. Did they see him in action? I admit that I'm intrigued by Ada's actions. She's apparently just replaced or replacing Agent May, because if she were making pod people, she would have pod people the PR guy. By the way, as a reporter, I've read across more than one PR person who could use a quick neck snap, but that's another issue entirely. I'm curious <laughs> to find out what you guys think. Usually, when I'm down on an episode or a series, you manage to talk me out of it by pointing out things I didn't notice. I have to rate this episode, so far, as a real disappointment. Um... I don't have a huge problem with anything, uh, Jeffrey Sam. I'm sorry I can't be the light of shining uh, help there. I do, I do, I do think it was pretty consistent to have um, her rejoin uh, in the way that she did. It's just Mace is a guy. He's really good at PR. That's what he does. He's he's a spin doctor. He is, yeah. And so when uh, when he just saw an opportunity, he had to spin it because uh, she was. You know, uh, she was there, and there was nothing he could do about it but to, uh, well, uh, let's see. Uh, this she is, was working undercover the whole time. Yeah, he just spun it to make it make sense why she was there. You know, and all the all the tremors that had been going on, it gave him a good cover for that because uh, because Eli had been causing a lot of tremors, uh, and they were they were suspecting she was there anyway. And then when she shows up, he had to somehow give her a reason. It does. Uh, it is a little weird that he just immediately brought her back into the fold, but I guess you could say she proved herself in that battle that she's still on the side of good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. 
it's a little it's, weird to she was cool with rejoining because that it wasn't uh <laughs> yeah. it wasn't so much that she got kicked out it, it seems as that she left so yeah there's there's definitely some issues there yeah there's a few inconsistencies on that point um i think though that slingshot tried to kind of say well daisy is back yes but she does have some questions to answer. She's she's got the interviews to go through. You know, she, she's not just back. Well, it also and answered, then, um, and I think they touched on this in the episode too. But on 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 Slingshot, they also answered uh, a little bit about why she's back and why she wants to be back. She was out on her own for a while, but when Yo Yo gives her that little amulet about, you know, it's not that you're lo- just losing something; you're gaining something, and she's gaining the team. You know. Yeah, um, she missed having her team. Yeah, I mean, I think Ward said that at one point. <laughs> yeah, Ward always misses the team. You know, <laughs> I'm, I kind of miss Ward a little. Shush! 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 Your face! Shut your dumb face! Don't say that. Where's, where's Ward this season? He's blown up in space. <laughs> Man, she's so unlucky in love. All of her boyfriends blow up in space. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll find someone else, though. And they'll probably blow up in space. <laughs> just just the likely, likeliest to have outcomes. I didn't notice the chain thing. Uh, Jeffrey said that the chain was moving around on the floor. I'm really not good at noticing things like that, though. I just, I just uh, continuity errors don't bother me. I mean, continuity in the bigger sense really bothers me. Uh, but continuity errors on the set... I just never notice. I just don't. If a door was open, then it's closed, or a chain moves around the floor, or whatever. It just doesn't. It doesn't register with me. There's one that I can remember that really bothered me. What's that? Um, not in the show, but it was in um, the movie *Inglorious Bastards*. Like there was a there was a scene where Brad Pitt's bow tie was tied, untied, tied, untied, tied, untied. Oh, funny! Dip, like over and over again, and I'm like, oh my god, stop! That breaks everything. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it just doesn't. I I just never notice them. I mean, once that once I notice them, they probably would annoy me a little. I mean, that's really the only time that I got annoyed by one, and one that was visible so much that I was like, ah, yeah, twitch. It just I don't normally notice them either. Yeah. Yeah, well. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Next up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dre Thompson said to us on Facebook, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dot 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 dot. Mixed feelings. I kind of felt like Eli went down too easily given his power level. And the Quake absorbing Quakes thing was weird. But I do like the fact that she's basically a publicly known superhero now. And I appreciated the comic book shout out. Looking forward to the LMD arc, mostly because of the May reveal. I believe you mean the Elmady reveal. <laughs> Life made decoy. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, exactly absolutely. that. Uh, yeah, I think that Ela. I, I don't want to be down on this half season, and I'm not. Overall, I really like so much of what they did, but this ending did kind of leave me. I don't feel like Ghost Rider's really gone. You know, like... It just, no. We, we talked about it not. earlier. I just don't feel like there's any... Ch- I mean, they didn't even try to say it. I mean, Colson said he wasn't gone. Um, he'll get back. The other Ghost Rider did. Um, and all of that just kind of leaves the, the, the big sacrifice he made not 
to be a big deal, kind of. It gets him out of the way for the show, but it doesn't meet, make the sacrifice mean anything. Um, and Eli just kind of feels like he was, you know, it doesn't feel like a character that I ever really cared about. Yeah. He felt kind of, uh, I well, as far as, as far as his, as his end goes, uh, he seems kind of jilted, not stopped. Yeah. And he's, he just, he kind of feels like maybe the worst case in, uh, that we've had in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of a mustache twirling villain. Even, uh, even, um, Ward was a little more nuanced and had, he was a little nuts. He was completely nuts, but he didn't believe himself to be evil. Eli's kind, Eli's like ready to kill his own, uh, nephews, like at a, at a, the drop of a hat, you know? Yeah, at the drop of his own bowler hat. Yeah. So that, I did, I, I'm, I'm, I'm it was a pretty quick face turn there. Yeah. I thought at least he would care about his nephews, you know? Like, I think that they could have made that a little bit more of a thing and maybe, it would have humanized him to the point where I was like, oh, he's wanting to do this horrible thing, but at least he wouldn't do it to his... Ne-. But no, he's just like, oh, you're standing in my way, too? You're... I'm going to drag you to hell. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, you jerk. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was I think he was a little bit of a weak villain. Yeah, I can see that. I liked um, the turn of him being the villain. I really did. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. Uh, but I, 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 then they didn't really, they didn't do a great job of making him a villain t- that I cared enough about to hate. <laughs> you know what part of that relationship I really actually liked was, uh, Robbie's point of view. The way that Robbie had to deal with, like, his uncle being the bad guy and, and having to, to come to grips with, like, I have to, I have to take him out to settle my score. I, I liked that, but even that, I don't feel, I feel like we, he, he was like, oh, he's got to answer for this. Um, there wasn't really a moment where he was like, even he, as the good guy, as the ghost rider, uh, where he was regretful of having to kill his uncle. I, I think it would have been more interesting if, if one of them cared about the other one. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if anybody cared about anybody. Although we know from, we know from, uh, when he visits his uncle in prison, his uncle says something to the effect of like, what are you doing here? Like you're, you don't ever come to visit me. Um, so I think we're supposed to believe they, they never really were that close, but I I think think it would have humanized one or both of them. Uh, maybe made the ghost rider a more compelling, uh, hero. If he was like, I, the ghost, the ghost rider within me says that justice needs to be served and this guy needs to die. Also, I need to save all these people's lives. This guy needs to die, but he's my uncle and I care about him and he helped raise me. You know, like, uh, yeah, there, it would have been nice if there was some conflict, internal conflict on one of their sides. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was that he said in prison, he said, like, it's not Christmas or my birthday. What are you doing here? Right, right. So, uh, so, hmm. It's just, I, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to give them some leeway. Yeah. And I you th- keep taking it from me. I think they kind of missed the mark with, uh, with, with Eli. Uh, Eli and Ghost Rider should, with Eli the character. Yeah. Not Eli the villain. Or rather, not the turn of him being the villain. Yeah, no, I loved the turn because I didn't expect it. I always, if something can really put something in front of my face and then uh, reveal it 
and I and I never saw it coming. I, I always liked that, but you know, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, Justin Goddard said to us on Facebook on why Ada has kept May alive. Perhaps it is as you guys talked about on that previous episode where she is trying to protect her by replacing her with an LMD, though this is somewhat contradicted by the killing of Nathanson. My initial thought came from a Stargate SG-1 episode titled Foothold, where shape-shifting aliens took over the base. However, rather than killing the captives, (laughs) they had to keep them in a sedated state in order to access their likeness and memories. Perhaps Ada needs to keep May alive in order to access her memories. Also, does Elmade know she's an LMD? Good question. You know, uh, you know, that that story of the episode Foothold, that story, because I haven't seen it, but that episode, that story, reminds me a lot of the Skrull invasion. Oh, yeah. It's also, it's a classic thing. I think the pod people are the same thing. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think they keep their victims alive to 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 access uh, their their me- memories and form. Uh, Doctor Who also has a villain uh, or an alien species. I shouldn't say villain; that's a little speciesist. But there's an alien <laughs> species that does the same thing that has to keep their keep their victims uh, their shapeshifters and have to keep their uh, the people they're modeled after alive for the same reasons. So. It's a, it's kind of a, a very done thing, uh, but which not to say that Agents of Shield would be bad to do that, but um, it's definitely a an established sci-fi trope. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's but usually the, compelling. What I want to know is what what's she gonna do if she is trying to infiltrate? Blah 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 blah, and like she just wants May in the because right, she's in this key position. Uh, what is she going to do when Nathanson just doesn't show back up to work? Unless she's also going to create a Nathanson bot, but that's problematic because he's dead. <laughs> yeah, like, why Why would she replace him with one and kill him, but then keep May alive and replace her with one? Like, what's the criteria for staying alive while being replaced with an LMD? Uh, 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 staying alive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't it's know. being a main character. That's what it is. Being a member of the Bee Gees. That's what it is. <laughs> tut, tut, tut. Yeah. No. It's definitely confusing. Uh, by the way, Stargate SG-1 is a super fun show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's like a, a master class on how to write. It's not like, it's not a, um, it's not a genius, it's not genius television. It's not like golden age of television stuff. But it's a genius masterclass in how to write a science fiction show and always up the ante. Every season, like, things get uh, more and more, like, I don't know, the stakes are higher and higher. And they do a really great job of, like, introducing a species in season one and then bringing them back in season two and three and kind of, like, weaving these overarching storylines through ten seasons of the show. Super fun. Good show. Good show. Uh, so what, what else we got on that uh, shield feedback? Let's see. Omar Amalia said to us on Facebook, he posted an article. Uh, this is really a non-issue for me. Did you guys feel like we were cheated with this season and Ghost Rider? I felt it a perfectly good half-season subject, and I'm ready to move to the LMB storyline. And on that note, do you remember what event followed Civil War in the comics? Secret Invasion. 
where our Marvel Universe was uncertain if anybody was his true self or a scroll. With the rights issue in mind and Cap 3 and what we got so far for the midseason finale, I'm calling it now. All caps, LOL. Mm-hmm. Peace and love and Merry Christmas, guys. Omer. And the article was about um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. executive producer reveals why the show ditched Ghost Rider. Yeah, some of the same, uh, I read this article, some of the same comments you were reading earlier um, about uh, the, the, the fiscal reasons and the reasons they felt like they were done with that story for now. Um, so, yeah, it, and uh, I, I don't think... I don't think there was much of an issue with them getting rid of him for a while now. Like, I think, I think this was a good length for that story. I just have problems with some of the execution of that story. Yeah. I mean, the story of him, you know, sacrificing himself and then, you know, coming back or being brought back or, um, in some way it coming to be like, well, I have to come back because that crazy robot's doing crazy things. So, you know, you guys need me again. I gotta come back. Like, I'm okay with that. That's cool. That's fine. I like him. I like Robbie. I like the Ghost Rider effects that they were putting out there. Just, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I don't feel we were cheated in any way. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either at all. And, <laughs> you know, LMDs are a lot easier special effects to do. Yeah, you just keep the same person. <laughs> they blew their CGI budget in the first season, or the first half of the season. Now they're like, what can we do? What looks like people? Androids. <laughs> Androids that look like that look like the people that, yeah. yeah totally. We replace people with androids. But surely there's no comics uh, precedent for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, oh, that's never happened. Wait, it's a very key shield thing to do. This is perfect. We that's get to, perfect. We get it's to fine. save all the money. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Pat's on back, person. <laughs> you, you get a raise. <laughs> raises, 20 cents. Raises all around. Uh, but you just said we need to save money. <laughs> all right. You don't get a raise. That's the money we saved. <laughs> so that was a good, uh, good little rundown of this, this fun season, mid season finale. Let's talk about some, uh, slingshot, shall we? Okay. What you think, man? What you think of slingshot? I thought it was rushed. It was quick. It was so fast. <laughs> it was too fast. Okay. That's, I'm gonna, I'm done making. I'm I'm done making stupid puns. Uh, I thought it was good. I uh, I thought it was it was too short to be honest. <laughs> it could have been an. I mean, I feel I don't I I don't really feel that way. I feel like this this felt like uh, you know how they do episodes and they do like a B plot and an A plot. Yeah, this was about the length of one of the plots. And I uh, feel like, one of the B plots. Yeah, like they well of an A plot. Honestly, I mean it's almost thirty minutes long. Uh, they could have made this part of an episode and weaved it with another plot, and it would have felt like an episode. You know? Yeah, I did yeah. feel like honestly the writing was a little poorer on this. Maybe writing, maybe ex- maybe the maybe they just didn't put as much into it uh, acting wise because of the it was a webisode. But I did feel like the quality was a little lessened. Honestly. I don't know. I and, uh, and the story, not much really happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. she and had one mission. She had a mission, the, she went the on The thing it. that I felt was so short about it, or that was so, like, not enough about it, was that it just wasn't enough yo-yo. 
Huh. Like, I, I, they could have focused more on We got her on one mission. Well, not even that they could have focused more on her. It's just that she had one mission, and that was it. Like, I want to see her life since Terra Genesis. All of it. I, yeah. I love that character. I definitely could use more, uh, for sure. It's definitely not a... Uh uh I'm, I'm not done i'm not done watching her yeah she's yeah. cool she's cool uh, and i really liked uh i liked the two major things in this we'll just call it an episode um were, were her her struggle or whether she should follow the sokovia accords for real or not and also her struggle as to whether to kill that man or not um oh yeah I, I, she was talking about this is justice. Did you think right then that it was going to be like, oh shit, Ghost Rider, what's up? Thanks for showing up. He needs to be killed. Going to do it. I didn't think that, but that's funny. I yeah, when she was talking about like this is justice, I was like, no, 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 no. It's vengeance. Yeah. This, this is not murder. It is justice. This is not justice. This is vengeance. Like, what? Come on, come on. This is not vengeance. This is replacement. And Ada comes in. Uh, <laughs> this is not replacement. This is misdirection. And then Jeffrey May shows up and he's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a robot. <laughs> He's a robot. Um, He's so a robot. I like the way <laughs> in the second episode of this thing, I like when he was speaking Spanish, he was so like stiff about how he was speaking Spanish. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 stop. English is great. Yeah, you're good. Just, you're good. You're okay with that. And he's like, oh, good. You're a fast learner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read that about you. She's fast at like, everything. I everything guess, she does I is fast. I wonder if she can uh, practice things like learning learning English while she's in super speed mode. I don't know. Like in between heartbeats, can she just like, read a book? <laughs> she does like the Flash version of it. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I just got to recharge the old shirt term every now and again. <laughs> the what? Maybe. Uh, it was in season two of The Flash when uh, I didn't hear the word. Was recharge the what? The old short term. Oh, as in short term right, right, memory, because right, he can only hold it in short term memory or something like that. Yeah, when he um, he was working with the Wells of Earth two, and he flipped through the book really quick. He was like, "Oh yeah, okay, no, I got this," and started working. And he's like, "Did was it? Hold it! Oh, let me just. Yeah, I got it now. Just got to recharge the old short term every now and again. Uh, that's fun." Um, but yeah, I like overall, that show. Slingshot, good. Slingshot, pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's worth watching. It gives you, it gives you a little bit of a, of a kind of a backstory of like an untouched plot point for, uh, for Yo Yo yeah. and yeah. brings back an, an old, uh, an old weapon, an old thing from what season one is the last time we saw is that, that weapon. Is that, was that the same weapon? It was. Um, th- I, now, that is the one thing I really did. Okay, maybe I didn't like this as much as I... I, d- I think it was good, but uh, I, I did have some issues. And one of them being, for me, the main intention of this was whether she was going to kill that guy or not. And I feel like she kind of let that guy get in her head. Uh, yeah. Because he, he's telling her, oh, yes, kill me, just like I killed your cousin. It'll be the same thing. You're going to be... You're the evil one now. And, uh, you know, she's religious, and she she's kind of letting this guy get to her in a, like... Uh, 
I don't know. She's letting her like use her guilt against her, which I didn't like. Um, cause I, <laughs> I kind of felt like she should have just, I wish she'd had a chance to make the decision is my big problem. She should have either yeah. made, been able to make the decision to kill him or not to kill him. Uh, I feel like having another guy enter the room and shoot and it, unintentionally kill him was kind of like, uh, now there's no chance of him coming back. And we wrap that up in a nicely neat little bow. We didn't really get a sense of. Uh, she doesn't get a resolution. Like if she had killed him, it would have added to the depth of her character because it would have been this like thing she feels guilty about. Uh, if she had chosen not to kill him, she would have uh, at least like secured that thought. And, but and then even if even if they wanted to go with what happened, she should have maybe still been a little fretful about like. The fact that she doesn't know what she would have done, you know. Yeah. When she tells uh, Daisy at the end, "I didn't, I didn't kill him." Uh, yeah, I didn't kill him. You know, I'm not capable of that. It's like, really? Uh, you seem pretty capable. You seem pretty ready. Yeah. You did have the gun in hand, finger on trigger. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they'd uh, either resolved that or let her feel fretful about the fact that she might might be capable of such things, you know. Yeah, like have her at least be a little bit remorseful. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't kill him, but I didn't stop that blast, and I'm not sure if I wanted to or not. It looked like that's what she was gonna do. She ran over to the blast like she was gonna block it or something, um, but then did not. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know if she had the opportunity to, and then decided to let him die. Uh, it's kind of hard. We didn't see it in her from her vantage point, so it's kind of tricky. Uh, I would I would like to have seen her um, grab the gun thing weapon, run it back over to the guy, put it in his hands, like hold it up to the to the blast coming in, and then like run back to her spot and then watch it just like collapse in on itself and destroy him that way and be like that's what you get. <laughs> but then that would have been like really crazy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if it had just taken out his hands. Yeah, I thought she was. <laughs> yeah, <he> like, <laughs> she's like, I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm gonna cut your hands off. Yeah, he fell apart real good. <laughs> yeah, he did. He disintegrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how about we read this feedback from Omer here? Omer is his name. Omer, like Homer. sorry, like Homer. I know. It's okay. Omer Amalia said to us on Facebook, I've got some yo-yo thoughts. Not on her slingshot minisodes, but on her powers this season. We know she can travel in high speed between a breath or a heartbeat, and she slings back at that moment. The two times she used her powers this first half season seemed like they either forgot that little detail, or she went through a lot of meditation training to prolong her speed bursts. Also, when she tried to outrun the explosion, she could have just drawn air instead of running backwards. It would have slinged her faster outside, lol. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Tried to outrun the explosion. She could have the explosion in the hallway when she was running in doing recon and, um, like she splashed the water and it hit the wall and caused it to ignite. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, cesium. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. It could have just drawn (laughs) air. What does that mean? Uh, I'm good. Could have let her heart beat. He, he's saying that, um, she could have just oh, done the I see, I see. done the bounce back. Oh yes, that's true. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I guess I I don't really know how her power works. Like she does, she doesn't exactly bounce back. I thought she like had to be back to where she was by the time the heartbeat happens. Maybe, <laughs> may, yeah, <I> <laughs> or know. she dies, or, or maybe she like 
passes out. Or, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know I don't how her power works. And that sucks because when she was first introduced, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on it. <laughs> and I liked that they put a limitation on her speed. She's not just a speedster a la The Flash. She has like a little bit of a limitation, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. I actually yeah. rewatched her intro episode um, last night with my girlfriend because she was she's trying to catch up. Oh, so cool. she's in like second half of season three now. And um, her intro episode had that really cool scene where she's in the the um, what is it? The box, the the cage, the cell. And she's just staring everybody down. But you can see her flitting around trying to break out of the room. Yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. That was a really cool scene. I want more like that. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Well, man, I I uh I think we're in a cool place. Uh, what what do we got? Is it back next week or the week after? It is back next week. I, th- I think. Uh, well, I hope it's going to be on the third. A- yeah, that's next week. I hope everybody had a good Christmas holiday or Hanukkah or whatever holiday you celebrate. Uh, I know I did. And uh. uh- it's no, good to be no, back. No. What? Sorry, it comes back January tenth. Okay, so I guess we'll be back that week with the with yep. the, with another episode. Um, two weeks. Two weeks from tonight ish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we're, again, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We'll uh, we'll be back with you in two weeks with our. We'll try our not to be so raspy next time. Review. Yeah, yeah, you're raspy over there. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I actually can't tell. I think you sound fine. I've been talking a lot, man. I've been. I've had a lot of phone calls with loan officers and homeowners insurance people. Oh yeah, I bet. Trying to get deals solidified and whatnot. Cool, man. I'm just. I'm tired. I haven't slept much. Mm. It's okay though. It's all gonna work out. Anyway. Yeah. Sign us out. All right, everybody. We will look forward to talking to you in two weeks. We'll be back with lots more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coverage. And uh, the new year, the new 2017 begins with so much Marvel to come. Oh, man. We got Iron Fist. And then there's Guardians of the Galaxy two months later. And then there's Spider-Man two months later. And then probably two months later after that, there's going to be the Inhumans. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And then in November is Thor. And then in February is Black Panther. Whew. And then... Big year. Big year for Marvel. May it's after exciting. that is... is That's Infinity War. Yeah. The the culmination of all of this. The culmination of a decade of uh, watching all of this stuff. I'm loving it. I'm very excited. So excited. Anyway. Guys, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Until next time, true believers.